And this is the stuff, when I, when I put this podcast together initially, that's the kind of thing I had my eye on, is like, wow, we worry unnecessarily. And it's not a passing worry. It's not a fleeting worry. If, if we really analyzed our thoughts moment to moment to moment, this is stuff that's on our mind and gnaws at us, eats at us, and drives our every thought. And that's when I get to worrying about people. Right. You know? Okay. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Undo Anxiety Podcast. I am Dr. John Duffy, your host today. Joining me today is my favorite guest of all time. <laughs> Julie Duffy is here with me. Me again. Hi, honey. <laughs> Hi. It's good to see you here. It's good we, to see you here. We're Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> we're both surprised, I think, to see each other here. Um, we're doing something unusual. We're taping at night. And I think you can feel the difference in vibe. <laughs> <laughs> I was just painting, and um, I've been using a lot of terp- terp- turpentine in my oil paint to kind of water it down, trying something different. So you're, But you're... I feel a little... <laughs> You're a little high. A little high. You're a little like, yeah, yeah, you got to. I don't know if it's a good idea. Huh? Well, we'll see. I mean, it it's might be. a little be, wonky. It might be great to be wonky and high <laughs> and record a podcast. And then you'll listen to yourself and you'll be like, wow, I don't remember being, saying any of that or <laughs> feeling that way at all. Um, so we were talking a little bit today about what we would talk about tonight. And, um, and we sometimes use as our, our jump off point stuff that's been going on like in my office at my work and things we've noticed in our or in lives, our lives yeah in our lives and um, and one thing I don't think we've ever actually talked about directly um, is obsession um, you know like the OCD kind of obsession where you know you kind of get stuck in like a trail of thinking and, and, and you can't really get past it well so yeah so I asked you what was going on in your office today and you said a lot of people are really obsessive yeah these days people um, it feels like people are obsessive about about the way they look or whether um, somebody really cares about them in a relationship or, you know what I mean? And so they're, when we're obsessive, we sometimes like seek out energy that fuels the uh, energy and, and data that fuels our obsession and, um, and usually makes it uh, something that is really maladaptive and negative for us. Okay, so I... Yeah. Like, I, I mean... I, I don't know if guilty is the right word. I see myself in that. Is it? Is you said you called it OCD? <laughs> is is it always? What makes it OCD? Uh, Maybe it just uh, is. When you get down to anything diagnostic, and let me preface this by saying, I'm not much for the diagnostics. No, you don't. Diagnose it, right. So no. so when I say OCD, I I, I don't. Um, I'm, maybe I'm being a little flip here. Let's just use the word obsession because yeah. OCD is a diagnosis and it suggests uh, a significant disruption in your functioning, right? So I think what I don't know what you're about to talk about in terms of your obsession. <laughs> I think it's me. Well, I, I think it's me. I'm going to have to, which one will I pick? <laughs> <laughs> sleep is one, right? Oh, you are obsessed with sleep, man. Uh, to the point where I don't. So I'm really, we're going to overuse this word. Um, I, I, I'm I super obsessed with obsessions. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I don't know what, when this happened to me, but I kind of am all about getting enough sleep. Um, and you know, as you know, and no, I hadn't even noticed. If, if somebody 
if somebody tells me, I may have had eight and a half hours of sleep, and if somebody tells me they had four, I'm tired. Julie needs a nap. <laughs> it's the weirdest, like, empathy pain. You know, is, is sympathy pains like somebody gets in... in uh, in pregnancy, yeah, because, I don't even know I because don't they even, don't even have to be tired. I don't even All know they have to it. say is, I, "I only got four hours of sleep last night," and you're like, "Oh my god, no, I'm exhausted." No, but it's to the point where I, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I, I want to um, kind of, I want to ad- want to address this and turn it on, on its head because it's not like, you know, say I got had six hours of sleep. It's not like I wake up and say, "How do I feel?" Right. Do I feel rested? Do I feel awake? It's, oh, no, wait, how many? Oh, no, I only had six hours of sleep. I have to go back to sleep and have another one or another two. I So, right. No, you, so doctor, I, you don't do even you have. Here's the thing about your obsession. This is a great, this is a great example. Um, you need uh, medication and long-term extensive inpatient <laughs> therapy. <laughs> That's the problem with your obsession. No. Um, that obsession with sleep is maladaptive for you because, you know, you know logically this this is how um, how powerful emotion is in our mind because logically yeah. logically you know oh I can get by on four hours of sleep you know I, if I have a bad night I'll just get up and go it'll be fine we can all which do you that. do that you do that a lot of people do that I would I mean, never miss a I day have of so sleep. many friends who who have terrible insomnia sleep, terrible sleep insomnia you know it's hormonal they wake up at three in the morning can't get back to sleep and they do just fine yeah and then there's the people that you know i just heard this trainer talking about um how she starts work at five so she gets up at 2 30 in the morning so she can get her workout in and she's obviously vital and thriving and yeah. you know and then i i noted that you know and that's fascinating i don't i don't know what time she goes to bed but but I don't know when that happened to me, when I became that person, but... It was gradual, but it's been I like, it's been well over a decade. Um, no, Yeah, I worry about, what am I worried about? Being tired? Yeah. What, and what? I am tired. I mean, I can get a lot of sleep and, and be tired. Wait, wait, pause there for a second. What are you worried about? Think about that for a second. This is this is the nature of obsessive thinking. You you ruminate and ruminate and ruminate about something, and then when you get down to it, what am I afraid of here? Right. It's like all of a sudden it all just evaporates into the ether. It's it's like oh, there's no worst case scenario here. The, you know, like the worst case scenario is I might be a little tired tomorrow. I would like. And if you didn't, like, what? and it's probably self-perpetuating, right? Because the more you worry about sleep, the oh, less likely sure. you are to fall asleep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know when I, I don't know when I started. <laughs> it's been a long time, but you know, like in, in a way, it's a great example because we all have a little bit of that funkiness in us. You know what I mean? Like, I think we all have some. Some things we obsess about that are, and and maybe this is the nature of undue anxiety, and we're overusing the word obsession because we just ruminate. You know, ruminating is actually a pretty potent word. We ruminate, which means we worry over and over again about something we need not worry about because in the end, there's really very few things we need to worry about. When I look at right. your sleep issue, what I always bring these things to, as you know, is 
well, Julie, is it a crisis? And you'd have to say, no, it's certainly not a crisis. I'm like, okay, then it's just a situation. Situations are nothing. Situations you can manage and deal with. But this, right, is, I mean, I this don't, is barely I, a situation. No, 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 it's not. And I don't look at it as a crisis. But it's, you know, when you said people are obsessing, I, you know, I, I, that's that's one of the things that popped into my mind. Um, you know, I can relate. I, I always want to make sure I get enough sleep. Yeah. But I know. But it, it's it's. It's way past the point of making sense because you can certainly get six hours of sleep and not be tired or even five and a half or, you know, I don't, I don't know when, uh, yeah, anyway, we, I've, I've, I've made the point. Um, no, but that, that's the nature of the sleep thought, isn't it? We've all had that night where it's like, we're, it's okay, it's 2.15. If I go to sleep now, I get four and a half right, more hours. Right. I, I, I can get four and a half hours. I'm be fine on four and a half hours. And then it's like 2.45 and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, now it's getting bad. Now it's now I'm getting in crisis point. Right, right, right. I have to fall asleep yeah. now. And the more like you feel that pressure, like you have to, the less likely it's going to happen. Well, right. And I know some of that is not, is normal. I mean, um, but no, I'm, yeah, I don't know when that happened. But picture, picture um, anxiety. So that you have agency over, right? You can decide, I'm going to think differently about this. You can start tonight, right? It's nighttime. You could start tonight in a couple hours. You can get in bed and give yourself a different message about sleep. Yeah. Um, I am going to get a great night's sleep. But if I don't, I will be beyond fine tomorrow. Oh, also, okay. Yes, I like that. I'm going to get, or, or I'll, you know, I can, I can say, I'm going to get as much sleep as my body needs. Right. Here's another thing, though. I actually just sent this to you and George. I don't know the validity of it, but some ninth graders, I believe, did an experiment having to do with Wi-Fi signals going through your house, and they put, they planted some seeds and, and, you know, I think six different sets of seeds, and the only difference were some were in the, I don't know if it's the pathway of a Wi-Fi signal, and they did not sprout or grow, and there was some mutation. Um, and then I listened to a little bit of video about this guy talking about how, you know, how these microwaves, which are similar to the Wi-Fi, or maybe that's exactly what it is, uh, damage our brain cells irreparably and can cause cancer. <laughs> and there was a huge thing in there about confusion. C like kids are noticing that they're, they can't think very well in school. And they think, I mean, this little article said, so now I'm thinking that, that if you, there's a suggestion that if the phone is by your head all the time, that might not be a good thing. So I'm moving. I texted George. I'm like, move your phone away from your head at night. So just FYI, that's one thing. Um, yeah, that that's a, th there's been a lot of research on that that suggests like you shouldn't have your phone by your head. Well, first it was like in the early cell phones. I think they just had microwaves and cancerous types of energies just just flowing into your brain. Well, that's know? why they made the one star tech phone. I think it's called that had the antenna pointing away from your head. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. no. Sending, sending cancer cells out <laughs> in the a universe. New, there's a new thing for me to obsess about. Right. Um, no, but I, I, as you, well, first of all, 
don't sleep with the phone by by you. It, there's there's there is energy. Why risk it? Let's around all that. Get, and, and and why risk your health? You know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it's it's unhealthy in more ways than just killing brain cells. It, it, there's this there's a um, it, it's it's too stimulating and it's going to keep you awake. It's just not a healthy thing to do. But you're reminding me of something we're talking about. Like um, I have uh, childhood friends who were we all carry a modicum of anxiety, Michael and Andrew and myself. Um, And one of my favorite, so Mike is obsessed with health and illness. Um, And, and, you know, if you suggest that you don't feel good, he will make a face like he's going to throw up. And I remember, so we, we've spent some weekends together and stuff like that. And, um, and one time we were having a very casual conversation about shaving. And um, this is years ago. And, and, um, Mike said, oh, you know what I love is I got this new Norelco, like electric shaver. And Andy, in, in a stroke of genius, said, ooh, you, you really want a current running that close to your glands? <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a you, shtick. <laughs> you, talk about, you talk about like like with a surgical tool, finding somebody's anxious, drop, kick that anxious thing. like momentum <laughs> and just kicking it in the gear. Mike Mike threw that thing away. Like within 30 seconds, that thing was gone. And he's just using a blade ever since. Or he's just grown a huge beard like Letterman. <laughs> he's just not, he is not shaving with an electric razor because... You know, that current running close to his glands. But just on the obsessive thought for a second. Um, So you've got the sleep thing, right? And and that's a nagging irritant. But it doesn't ruin your life. It doesn't run your life. It's just something that probably crosses your mind. You're like, "Eh, why do I keep thinking about this? This isn't that big a deal, right? Yeah, I want to – it's something that I want to – I want to turn around. I want to think differently about it. I want – I need. I want to cognitively, yeah, behaviorally, uh, let it go. But but in the in the name of undue anxiety, think of what some people have to suffer in terms of their obsessiveness, right? Some people are worried that people don't like them or love them. Some people um, are so obsessed with social media, right? You know, how many likes do I have? You know, like that they have to keep looking and looking and looking. Some people are obsessed with whether they get invited to the thing. Uh, Some people are obsessed with how thin they are, you know, things that really, really like grind away at your psyche, you know, in a a really like damaging way that that chip away at your sense of self-worth. And this is the stuff, when I when I put this podcast together initially, that's the kind of thing I had my eye on is like, wow, we worry unnecessarily. And it's not a passing worry. It's not a fleeting worry. If, if we really analyzed our thoughts moment to moment to moment, this is stuff that's on our mind and gnaws at us, eats at us, and drives our every thought. And that's when I get to worrying about people. Right. You know? So this just popped in my head, and I know it is related. Um on some level. So my friend Paula, my sweet friend Paula, um, I went over to her house today because her dog Shelby's not doing well. And you know... Uh, then Shelby's a sweet dog, man. Shelby's I love so Shelby. sweet. Yeah. German Shepherd. And so we were just kind of talking about, you know, it, we're not. she's not sure whether, you know, it's time and Shelby's really failing. I think she's had a couple strokes. But anyway, in regard to what we're talking about, I said, you know... Oh, she seems good. She's, you know, she's 
she seems really calm right now. And I was petting her and Paula was petting her and she wasn't, she wasn't, um, whining or, or, um, flinching, you know? And I, I was, I said, you know, it's interesting humans. I don't know what, what a dog knows, but we, I, you know, know that I have been through things where, you know, they, they say pain is in your mind. And, and, and so humans, there's, if, if we have something going on or we think we do, the fear of it exacerbates the pain or, you know, if you have an illness or you, you know, um, there's, there's fear and anxiety in it and it just exacerbates everything. And yeah. I was saying, I think the good news is, is however Shelby feels right now in this moment is how she feels. And she's not afraid yeah, but I don't know. I, do, I guess I don't know. That's just what we were talking about. Like, hopefully, she's not afraid. She's not thinking, you know. Oh no, no. Am I? Am I? Like, am I? Am I dying? Am I? You know, am I sick? She's just here. But I don't know that anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, 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 no, that's actually a really, that's a really thoughtful point because, like, we do most of our like when you talk about pain management, there's a whole branch of psychology that deals with this. A lot of it is looking at that anticipation of the pain. And then you anticipate like the degree of the pain. And that turns out to be a worse experience than feeling physical pain. The anticipation. Yes. The anticipation of anxiety. Yes. Most of us yes. who are anxious would say the the fear of the fear mm -hmm. is worse than the fear. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. And um and I I think about um I'm picturing Shelby, and I'm guessing you're right that she can be in a moment, and this moment's okay, and this moment's okay, and you string a series of okay moments together, and you're not thinking she's probably not have lingering fear of death or of the next painful moment. Um, but so I'm thinking, oh, maybe dogs don't have the capacity for anticipatory anxiety. But they do because yeah. I've seen dogs yeah. worry. Yeah. Like, you know, right. yesterday, right. yesterday we were at it's our friend's true. lake house and Ruby was getting anxious because we were leaving, you know, so she knew that was coming. She could feel the energy shift. Dogs are, yeah, that's true. animals are really, really intuitive. So I, I don't want to make things worse, you know, <laughs> regarding, um, uh, you know, um, Paula's dog, but I think. I think we have to recognize that all of us have the capacity for that, you know, and, and, and we're all animals, you know, and, um, and that, but, but the anticipatory stuff, I'm glad you brought that up because that is something we also have to think about when it comes to this ruminating stuff. We're always anticipating something worse. You know, my father had diagnosable OCD and he always anticipated a problem. You know, so he had these um, ridiculous things he would do to fend off the problem. He would flip the white light switch on and off five times. And, you know, I'd say, dude, that's not doing anything, man. And he'd say, well, I'm checking the lights. Yeah. And now everything's okay. Yeah. Everything wouldn't have been okay if I didn't check the lights, Sam. That's what he would have said to me. And I'm pretty sure he did. Um, but, you know, I, I think we all have some of that in us. Where I think we're, we all where do. We're, where we're worried about the thing the thing. And often the thing doesn't happen or we can't control whether the thing is happening or not. So there's no need to worry about the thing. And that's the thing. <laughs> and that's the thing. <laughs> um, so, so I think in the end, when we think about obsessions, you know, and, and anticipatory anxiety, um, the vast majority of it and maybe all of it is unnecessary. And I'm always reminded of the serenity prayer. I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a big prayer guy. 
I don't know a lot of prayers by heart anymore, but good God, did I know the whole catechism, you know, verbatim for a long time. But the serenity prayer is one I love. And I think we all know what it is. Um, it's on the back of my, uh, the AA coin from my dad that's in the pocket in my wallet right now. And it's God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And it's that last part that I think drives a lot of these anxieties and a lot of our obsessions. But so what do you, okay, I get that. I, I really like that prayer, but what do you tell someone in your office who is consumed by something like their appearance or their social media status or the likes? Because I don't know if the, do you really tell them to tell say them, the serenity prayer? No, no, like the serenity you. prayer is too long. Jumping I just tell them to yell, serenity now! <laughs> And no, that, no, that really, works every time. Really. No, no, I know. I know. Um, no, uh, just telling somebody not to worry about something Mm-mm. doesn't do it. No, what, what you have to do is um, get people to recognize their – because a lot of this has to do with worth. Like a lot of us has – a lot of the fear we have is do I exist? Am I important? Do I matter? You know what I mean? Like that's a lot, a lot of the fear that I see in my office. Am I lovable? Do I exist? Do I matter? And so if you bear witness to somebody and you really let them tell whatever story it is that they have to tell. This is not therapy, man. This is life, you know. Um, I had this experience with a young person not long ago where um, this is a person who I don't think has had that luxury very often in her life. And so, um, you know, I sat and talked with her for a while and I found that I had to shut up pretty quick because she had things to say. And I don't know if her family even knows she had so much to say. And, um, and she's really kind of this remarkable musician and she has a lot of things on her mind. She's, she's in there, you know, and she exists. And sometimes you need somebody to bear witness just to know you exist, you know, your idea Look them in the eye and light up like you and I are looking at each other right now, right? This is this eliminates a lot of our anxieties. Like, oh, somebody sees me, man. So, so what you're saying is just having them be having the ability to just come in and talk to you about it and talk about it and and say it out loud have helps. Your, have your truth acknowledged. Too, yeah, you know what I mean. Like because we all have a fundamental set of truths that we know, but we don't always articulate them. And if they're not said, you know, I think we feel like, oh, we're just going to evaporate. You know, that's why, that's why some of us, I think we, we record so much on Facebook. It's like, you know, here I am. No, this that's is me so true. In concrete that's so form. True. I can see it. And people yeah. are liking it. Oh, my God. I exist. Yeah. You know? That is that's It's true. very existential. But I think there's some, some fundamental truth to it. I think it's part of the reason we're, we're so obsessed with Facebook and I mean, I, I, I'll have to admit and, that there's been times, you know, where I felt like, like what am I doing? And yeah, yeah. Kind of, who am I? <laughs> and I'll, I'll go, I'll, I will go and look at my Facebook page, just be like, okay, okay, there I am. There's John, there's George. <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. I've done it. I've done it. Oh, the sense of self is an elusive beast. It really is. I mean, you know, and, um, and in the day-to-day activity and in the day, we're all so freaking neurotic. So in the day-to-day activity and neurosis, we sometimes forget 
who we are. We're just like, oh, I get on the train. I go downtown. I get into this office. I sit here. I run these numbers. I get back on the train. I go back. There's right, dinner. Right. That's my life. You don't but see wait a minute. yourself I, What am I thinking? Yourself. What do I care about? What, do I, what matters yeah. to me? Yeah. We, we don't take stock often enough of, you know, the fundamentals, you know, who am I? What's my, you know, and this is my word. My word lately is currency. The word of the day <laughs> is currency, currency. And, and what, what I love about that word is I was talking to a friend of mine who was saying, you know, um, how much do you charge an hour? How many clients do you see? How many people work for you? How much do you pay for rent in your offices? And this dude, who I love, he's one of my best friends, his currency happens to be currency. <laughs> and I remember telling him, dude, that's not my currency. And he's like, well, what's your currency? And I'm like, I want to make an impact. You know, I want to make an <laughs> impact on the world. And he's like, no. <laughs> so what's my currency? Sleep? So, <laughs> Julie's currency is slumber. <laughs> No, I think you might feel. I'm gonna let let's see if we can just right, right. Might feel like you need sleep in order to fulfill your currency, which is bringing joy. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying. Yeah, right? I really, mean, like, yeah. Uh, you are a great joy bringer. I don't know if that's your currency, <laughs> but it, I think it's. Oh, that's it's all you ever currency. care about. It's that's all you right. ever care about. It's that like, is you know, actually light up, light up, light sure. up. <laughs> <laughs> there's people coming start lighting up everyone light up there's people there's a guy i yeah that's definitely my that is definitely a currency of mine mm -hmm, yeah yes john there's a homeless man by the side of the road here's ten dollars light up okay so we those of us that are obsessing yeah I'm sure you have something you obsess about. No, not boots. <laughs> <laughs> Do you obsess about boots? Oh, I. It, it, you see it just boots? goes to show how irrational this stuff can be because, like, you know, I have, I have some of the coolest men's boots I've ever seen, but and I don't even know why. I am a psychologist. I don't need any boots except one pair. You know, I I, I don't work. Well, in actually, boots. people are looking at your boots a lot. <laughs> my boots, my boots kick ass. I have really. In fact, you know what we're going to do? We're going to post a picture of all of them together. They haven't met oh, each wait, other. Oh, wait. I painted a pair of your boots. <laughs> Julie's painted my boots. So, yeah, I obsess about boots. And then every winter, I have this thing where – so Facebook, because they can read my thoughts, they know I obsess about boots. So Red Wing and Chippewa and J. Crew and all these companies, they like – Oh, because you look at Every chuck a boot and everything else on the market shows up, and I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, look at that one. That's, That's another thing. And there's radio waves and oh, my <laughs> – Well, and the thing, the thing about boots, what started that, it's Springsteen. Springsteen was a boots guy. Oh, okay. And, I'm, and I didn't even think about it, but my dad, he said Springsteen – my dad died 20 years ago, but he said, he said, Bruce is a fraud. He's never been to a textile mill. He's wearing, he's wearing designer boots. Those aren't really beat up. They're, you know, he's never worked in a factory, which, as it turns out, 20 years later, he was right. Because um, Bruce, yeah, Bruce said, he said he's never done yeah. an honest day working, day's work in his life. But I always remember, like, from when I was 16, that I talk about Springsteen too much on this podcast, I think. That's oh, okay. yeah. Speaking of obsessions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do have a bit of a man crush. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah. But I think the boots are not a wildly unhealthy obsession. And I'm obsessed with doing good, Julie. I'm obsessed with Oy doing vey. good in the world. All right. <laughs> um, no, but for, I, I think that's, you know, I think we kind of hit the nail on the head. You know, part of it is we want to know we're here and that we matter um, and that we're loved. 
and that w what we do makes a difference. Um, and I think we can comfort ourselves with this thought. If we're worried about something, we're ruminating about something, or obsessing about something, chances are all of that is wholly unnecessary. The beauty of it is if we can find our way to relinquishing that and recognize that the serenity prayer is actually the best therapy you will ever get, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen, man. I love that, yeah? Yeah, no small thing. No small thing, not an easy thing, but um, but that's those are our... Those are our ruminations about rumination. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to go to bed. No. Um, but if you're obsessed with the Undo Anxiety podcast, <laughs> that, by the way, is the healthiest obsession on the planet. Congratulations. Keep it up, kids. Um, this is the Undo Anxiety podcast. This is Dr. John Duffy. I'm here with Julie Duffy. Thank you for joining me, honey. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, love you. Love you. Um, I'm obsessed with Julie Duffy, <laughs> by the way. Um, but you shouldn't be, by the way. <laughs> anyway, um, Undo Anxiety Podcast. Check us out. iTunes, Podbean, LiveLeadPlay.com, and WGN+. Plus. On behalf of Julie Duffy and myself, have an excellent day. Talk to you soon. Bye.